Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a self-help resource for people with herpes. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you found value in any of the resources, the podcast or uh, otherwise, please consider making a donation. Um, it's Courtney Brain on Venmo, Courtney Brain on Cash App. PayPal is something positive for positive people, and you can also become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, Patreon subscribers don't get much of anything, as I do believe that this resource needs to be available and accessible to as many people as possible, so I don't want to put a paywall up. (sighs) Welcome, y'all. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I recorded uh, a new episode. I know that I did my herpes 10 year anniversary um, from South Africa, but prior to that, uh, I think it had been at least a month because I recorded four episodes in one day in New York, and those were the ones that you heard about uh, sex education with Justine. We talked about hookup culture with Nina. We talked about, um, we, we, I spoke with the person whose name I'm not supposed to say, uh, who had the accent. She had a uh, Puerto Rican accent, I believe. Um, and then I talked about healthcare, uh, with a friend of mine who has worked in healthcare advocacy with me in the past. So yeah, uh, there were those. And then, um, I've got that new sponsor, Shameless Care. If you purchase an STI test kit by just following the link that I'll have in the show notes and in the bottom of the blog post of this podcast, um, if you purchase an at-home STI test kit, I get $50. So, yay. Please uh, consider supporting our sponsors and checking out other podcast episodes as well if you haven't already. If this is your first one, I'd say that this is a really good this is going to be a good episode. Um, and so will the next two or three, I want to make this and the next few episodes specifically about dating from my personal experience. And I always say that dating with herpes is just like dating. And I get questions from people about how dating is with herpes. And I'm in a very unique position because I'm open about my herpes status. And so that on one hand invites people who are already okay with that, who know that, uh, like shooting a shot, for instance, or if I'm putting myself out there, the conversation has to happen very early because it's so intertwined with what it is that I do outside of work or when people bring it up. I really don't think about herpes. Um, disclosing is very smooth for me. Uh, I don't have outbreaks, um, at least not, you know, I've had three over the last 10 years, but that's really it. So, uh, before I get into the topic of which I want to discuss, um, I want to just share some really good news for me personally, man. Uh, it's been six years that I've been running something positive for positive people. The first episode was, uh, I know I sent an email sending an episode to someone, I believe it was summer of 2017. I would have recorded it in the spring. Uh, and it, it feels so good to have been so consistent with something and now see that it's starting to pay off. 
Uh, I refused to pay myself or give myself any money over this time for various reasons. One of them being that, you know, once I start paying myself, I enter a new tax bracket and then I got to give up my food stamps. I got to give up my medical benefits. And these were things that were very much sustaining me. <laughs> you know, I've gotten to travel and everything, but uh, all of the travel that I've done has been for conferences, speaking events, meeting with board members, etc. Um, and they're, they're, it's worked out to where I've been able to do some type of like play during my travel. So I'm very grateful for the opportunities here. And when you give, when your money all goes to uh, your business or your nonprofit, that in a business in a nonprofit sense is not taxed because it's a 501c3 and that's where the nonprofit thing comes in. Um, there's no profit, there's no tax. So if I get a ten thousand dollar donation and then you know they're like, okay, this needs to go to salaries, ten thousand dollars going to salaries is still going to be taxed, and that'll leave me at like sixty eight hundred dollars. So that's thirty two hundred dollars extra that I could be using if I just choose not to pay myself. And that's how I was looking at it. And um, I wrote that as long as I could. I recently made the decision to move back home to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, there's a lot of little synchronicities that had to happen for this to have occurred. Um, I remember before I left for Portland, which I moved here for a $10,000 grant, got the grant and essentially was just spending that money that I came here for to just stay here and continue the operations. I looked up and I'm 34, going on 35 in November, and I live in an attic. Like I live in, uh, I'm very grateful for um, him letting me stay here. I'm grateful to my board member for connecting me with this spot. And that connection with my board member also led me to the job that I have, teaching medical students to give genital exams and also teaching medical students bedside manner by giving them practice with um taking a history on a patient so that I can explain to them how it feels to be their patient. So I got all of this experience. I got um, the opportunity to just be here and away from family, friends, and just been able to really just pound work, man, and just like bust my ass unlike I probably ever could have back home. Because back home, I was also working at the gym. I was also doing virtual work. I was also trying to figure out how yoga fit into that. And I was also trying to spend time with family and friends, but it was really hard because I just didn't have the finances to. I was just always hustling and it's kind of like, you know, riding your bike on a chain pop. Whatever momentum you built was going to sustain you. And then as you keep pedaling, you're not adding anything to the acceleration. And that was kind of where I was. And I saw that I was slowing down and that there wasn't really any hope of speeding up. So what I had to do was take my bike, put it upside down, fix the chain, and then start pedaling again. And that's what this trip to Portland has been for me. It was me fixing the chain on my bike and then being able to accelerate, change gears and all of that because I haven't had any distractions here. So far, I've raised twice the amount of money uh, this year in 2023 than I did last year in 2022. And uh, meeting with my board, they've always been on me about how I need to pay myself. And I've explained to them why I didn't want to do that. But now, being at this age, having done this for so long, and having had some experiences understanding, you know, that... Um, 
it was one day it was snowing here in Portland and I got caught in that snow and I was on the train on my way home from work from my $20 an hour job. And when I got on the train, we made it like two stops. It was snowing and the dude was like, yeah, I got to get off of here. And when I got off of there, you know, I was walking. I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. I'll just catch this next bus. But the snow was really bad and the traffic was real bad and the buses couldn't move. I eventually get on the bus and we don't move for two hours. And I caught myself, man. I was like, uh, I was ended up walking in the snow. Fortunately, a friend of mine reached out uh, after I posted to my Instagram story. Thank God for Instagram. And was like, hey, you know, if you're stuck out here, you can come stay the night here. So I walked, you know, in the snow. It's snowing and it's snow on the ground. And uh, I walked over there. It was about a mile uh, and some change from where I was. And um, when I was walking, I just realized, man, I was like, yo, I shouldn't, this shouldn't be me. This shouldn't be where I'm at. I shouldn't be walking in this snow. I shouldn't get caught in a snowstorm. Like I was working for, you know, $20 an hour. That isn't really $20 an hour because of the time that I have to get ready, go there, the time that it takes me to get back. And in this case, the time that I was out and caught in the snow, like all of that time is not being used for something positive for positive people. And I think people who have side hustles more often than not make the mistake of thinking that their job will sustain them and support them while they uh put work into their business so that that can be the thing that sustains them and then they can leave their job. But you can real easily get caught up in the trap of having real money. And when I say real, I mean, you put the hours in and then you get that check. And by the time you get that check, you're like, oh, it was worth it. And then you start kind of side on your business like ah, you ain't really worth the time, you know, the time that I'm putting into you um, unless you're, you're getting that. So it was that that really kind of put me in the frame of recognizing, like, I can do better. I need to do better. And um, some situations as well, like going to these conferences, how I'm, I'm very cheap minded. Uh, and when I say cheap minded, I mean, like the conferences at a hotel, the hotels two three hundred dollars a night. And I'm looking at that like, damn, you know, I can get an Airbnb for 60. And when I did that, most recently for the uh, Sexpert Consultant Sexology Summit, uh, I had a bad experience. I, I got there and uh, before I even went, like the lady who runs the Airbnb wasn't very communicative. I get there and it wasn't what I thought it was. There were Cheeto crumbs in the bed that I didn't realize until the next morning. Refrigerator was nasty. The carpet was nasty. The trash hadn't been taken out. Something broke when I like bumped it. I bumped into it and it broke. I took a video of it. I was like, yo, I, I got to get me out of here. I'm not staying here. So fortunately, they gave me my money back. But that was an experience that taught me I got to level up. I got to stop being cheap. I got the money. Spend the money. And I'm very grateful to uh, the Love in Action Fund, the Little Nest Fund, uh, for having donated um, a total of $55,000 to something positive for positive people um, this year. And I'm also grateful that each of you have made a donation. Like, I know y'all say things like, oh, you know, it wasn't much, but, and y'all don't realize this, but like, that to me says that you believe in me, you believe in what I'm doing, that 
uh, it encourages me to continue to do what it is that I do. And it's still difficult for me to explain what it is that I do. So I have a little uh, form for our grantors, the people who gave us grants, because uh, all they said was, here's money for you to just keep doing what you're doing. And I think that that's probably the most validating thing for me is that people are willing to contribute uh, and invest in not just something positive for positive people, but Courtney. I had a conversation with uh, one of my donors and one of the things that he has shared with me, man, and I, I'm getting a little choked up here thinking about it because he said to me, he was like, you know, what you do keeps me alive. You know, it's I look forward to your podcast every week. And he mentioned how other resources out there just aren't real. And in my case, like, I, I, I hope to be that. I hope to be real. And it was very validating for me to hear somebody say that this is real to them, especially compared to social media accounts where, you know, they people do this for fun. Like I do this to keep people here. And to hear that, it really resonated with me because it hits the core of what I do and why I run something positive for positive people and why I run it the way that I do. If somebody hits me up, like I'm not going to tell you make a donation first and then I'll talk to you. Like we're going to talk. We're going to try and figure out what we can. And by the end of it, I'll ask like, hey, you know, if this was valuable to you, please consider making a donation. And so when I get these donations, no matter how much they are, like I had somebody give me five dollars and that coming from them meant more than a person who has given me five hundred dollars before. Right. Because I know that the quality of like what a person is capable of giving is not always reflective of, um, hold on. I, I, however I was going to say that was not going to come out right. I know that everybody ain't got it like that. So for somebody to even be willing to give me $5 for somebody to be willing to give me $500, $50,000, you know, for it, it's not the amount, it's the, the give period. So please don't ever feel like, oh, well, I don't have much to give. I had someone give me a um, a numerology reading. Like she just felt compelled to give me this offering. And I was honestly surprised at how accurate it was because um, she didn't know I was moving. She didn't know that I started paying myself. She didn't know that I was getting a new job. And, you know, as vague as astronomy, astrology stuff is or can be. You know, she was very spot on. And I was just sitting there like with a blank face while she did this. And then at the end, I told her everything. I was like, I'm very impressed with this. And, you know, we, we, we find our gifts and then we offer them to the world, whatever that may look like. And when we feel compelled to do a thing, I invite you to lean into doing that thing. All right. So, uh, yeah, before I continue to make this podcast episode about something that's not supposed to be, uh, let me wrap this up with just a, a big thank you. Um, the exciting announcement is that I get to start paying myself. Um, we agreed to the Missouri standard of salaries of nonprofits, 65% of what comes into the organization should be allocated to salaries and then the other 35 is dedicated to operations. Um, I don't have a building that I'm working out of, um, but what I'll be able to do is once I get my place, wherever I live, I'll be able to write off a room in the place. So like whatever I do, I have to get a two bedroom and then write off that second bedroom place um, as the office of something positive for positive people. And that'll be good. 
Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm paying myself. Uh, and this will be a real smooth transition into the next thing because the other day I went and I was going to make the transfer. So it'll be, I'm going to do it quarterly, uh, just pay myself 65% of what came in. And I already mentioned that we doubled the profit, the doubled the donations from last year from 30,000 to 60,000 so far. So if you can do math, 65% of $60,000 is what I have to donate to myself and then get taxed on, of course. But I had this moment and in this moment, I I did the math. I was doing it in the calculator. I put it all in the calculator and then I took a screenshot and I went to share this with somebody because this was like a very intense moment for me. And it's not something that I wanted to share with my mom. It's not something that I wanted to share with a friend or my board members because um, I'm, I'm close to some of my board members and they were there. They approved it. So it wasn't something to celebrate with them. But I, I had a moment realizing, like, damn, I don't have anybody to share this with. Like, share this excitement, share this news. Um, I have got, you know, my good friend uh, Clarice here. So I like I, I told her when I saw her in person, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of sharing that I wanted. And if you can relate, then you know what that is. It's just like you you want your your support person, your cheerleader, that person that's there that, you know, you got that reciprocal relationship with, like ongoingly. And when I realized that I ain't had that, I was I kind of had a real reality moment for myself of, you know, what's important. Um, when I moved to Portland, that was for business. And before when I moved, I moved to Houston and that was for a girl. And now I'm here and I'm about to move back home. And this is for myself because I haven't had that sense of community surrounding me. I haven't had friends and family around me, which, again, has been good because business versus um, but versus me being able to um, healthily move forward with work and everything and also have my support system. So I, I caught myself, man, like looking for that intimacy that I have with my family and friends in my relationships out here in Portland. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I've had a lot of short-term relationships. And I think that I've wanted more intimacy, but it's been, I've, I've not been able to get it because it's like, I'm, I'm looking for something that I already have that exists and the framework of my connections back home. Like it just so happened, my friend Corey called me, and uh, I was able to tell him and you know celebrate with him uh, about what had happened and what was going on. And he's a business owner, so he understands. But again, it's just not like it's not my my girl, it's not my my person or somebody that I'm in a relationship with, you know, because that 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 just feels different. And if you've had that before, then you know what that means. Um, I know that I can tell certain people and that they celebrate with me or tell me congratulations. That's a great job. But it is just not the same. And so I think that that was a moment where I had like a, a reflective shift on my own dating experiences, specifically over the last year and a half, the time that I've been in Portland. Um, and then, of course, like what 
I want for my future. You know, what do I want? Who do I want to be with? How do I want to be with whoever it is that I want to be with? And I'll be honest, like I'm not attached to non-monogamy. I'm not attached to monogamy. I think it's something that really depends on the nature of the relationship, the person I'm with. Um, you know, not to like brag or anything, but if you listen to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, uh, you hear Jess and Brandon on Jess's podcast, and they always talk about doing everything together. And um, like they travel together. Uh, Brandon has his own life, of course, and Jess has hers, but they really get an opportunity that like they do well together. I got to meet them at the Sexology Summit, and they were exactly who they are on the podcast it it was a very beautiful experience to have uh we went to dinner the three of us and the conversation and like looking how he looked at her and takes care of her how she looked at him and how they have a way of sort of like working as a unit if you've ever seen like Power Rangers or Voltron, where the robots combine and they're more effective and connected. Like, that's what Jess and Brandon were, to me, at least, like, in the brief time that we spent together. I feel like I need to tell them that, too, because, like, that's a that was just a really happy moment for me to have seen that. So um, all in all, like, here is the first of a series of I guess, dating (laughs) episodes um, from my personal experience. Um, And being in Portland, like since I got to Portland or the last year and a half, even before I was leaving St. Louis, like I've had a lot of sexual partners. I've not had a lot of intimacy. Like I'm very shocked, honestly, that I I got chlamydia when I had the fewest partners that I had uh, during the pandemic or during the early part of the pandemic. And I haven't had any other ones. I had like a trick scare, I would say. Um, One partner that I had, uh, she hit me up and was like, hey, uh, someone told me that they have trick. Uh, I'm going. I tested positive, but then got test results that were negative. I never tested positive. I took the medication anyway, and um, I got tested, and I was like, yo, just give me the medication right now because I don't want to deal with this shit. And so uh, they gave me the medication. I took it. They told me I was negative, but, like, that was the only scare that I had. So it was the most sexual activity, or let me rephrase that, the most diverse sexual activity that I've had. And so, uh, I mean, this is something that, from my experience, challenges what the CDC says about um, not just condom use, but also limiting your sexual partners, practicing mutual monogamy. And it does enforce the knowing of your status because I do get tested consistently. And that's a requirement for me of the sexual partners that I have is that, you know, if we're deciding to not wear condoms, like there's a protocol for that. And uh, anyone that I do have a sexual relationship with, um, there's a lot of negotiations and conversations around consent and, you know, the fact that I do have herpes, if there's someone who doesn't have herpes, um, that I think really contribute to that. So I'm, I, I practice what I'm preaching in terms of the sexual health communication, communication period um, between myself and my sexual partners. And again, I'm in a very unique situation to where I I do have herpes. I'm open about having herpes. And I think that that sort of colors the kind of partners that I get and the way that I get sexual partners as well. 
Um, last night, I went out with, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, um, the woman who kind of broke my heart or like who I've been stuck on. It wasn't a heartbreak. It was that I was stuck on her. Um, we hooked up in 2021, end of 2021, shortly after I got to Portland. And it's it's so funny how perspective works because um, this is the woman who I said, you know, she was okay with me having herpes and then she wasn't okay with me having herpes. And that relationship just, it fizzled out. So uh, this was December, 2021. We talked for probably a month or yeah, a month. Uh, after that situation happened and she was seeing someone else and uh, that relationship was whatever it was. And I, I just disengaged. I unfollowed her on social media, deleted her phone number on my phone, uh, almost deleted the sex videos, which was funny because um, I did delete it. And it was like when I deleted it, I don't know, I felt like maybe there was an energetic shift because she reached out to me and was like, hey, I saw that you're going to be leaving soon. I'd love to get together and see you before you go. Um, and my reaction was, uh, she said it's been, a, she knows that it's been a while, but my reaction was like, all right, well, why has it been a while? Like, why haven't we talked? And she just mentioned that the relationship, um, made her push everybody away. Um, it wasn't just me. It wasn't anything personal. Um, but that was just kind of what happened. So I was excited. I was like, oh, you know, yeah, like let's get together because there's somebody that I felt like, uh, I really liked myself around, you know, you ever been around somebody who just like, I don't want to say sees you because I, I see everybody, you know, if people really feel safe opening up to me, like I get to see everybody and I'm also myself all the time. And the only issue that I have is I think that people think they know me and feel like because of that, they don't have to get to know me if that makes sense. So like they have a baseline and they have something to keep consistent. I have to always create a baseline with people. And I don't think people really have a baseline that they create with me. So it's very hard for me to feel seen. And with her, it was like the, the baseline was irrelevant. Like there was no need for you to get to know me. Like you, there was, there was like a, a sense of deeper knowing than what I was able to, um, get from other people. So this, this felt special at the time. And I got excited about the relationship and it was like up, 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 up. And then when it wasn't going to go anywhere, it was just like a hard fall for me. And, um, so we, we got together and we talked and in the conversation, um, we kind of talked about what happened you know, like, where did things go? And from my perspective, I told her there were like a handful of different scenarios in my mind that happened. And I do this thing for myself where it's like, okay, I go worst case scenario was this best case scenario. It was that. And my story that I told myself was that, okay, well, she didn't want herpes. I have herpes. So if you mess with me, you gonna mess around and get herpes. Like it, I can't guarantee you that you won't get it. So that was what my story was. And then talking to her, like she initiated the conversation. I just kind of went with it. Um, 
there was we we drank a little bit and you know we are two responsible adults so it was like she expressed she's like yeah you know i wanted it to happen um but it, i wish that what would have happened was that we didn't drink and we talked about it took a little bit of a pause and maybe like i had a couple of days to think about it so i think that over time you know recognizing that she didn't have it was something that alleviated a lot of the anxiety that she had from initially because i got to see her in like full panic mode and for me there was just this this sense of guilt of like i know better like i know when somebody's not okay with it why didn't i catch this and the reason that i didn't catch it one i didn't really want to two i was excited and three i genuinely thought that there was you know this connection that really transcended um the whole idea of herpes in the first place um because i haven't given it to partners in the past so i i don't i don't see it as an issue but i got to keep in mind that regardless if somebody follows me or knows my work that um i still need to again just the same way like people think they know me and don't have to get to know me i may think someone knows you know more than they actually do and i always need to refresh and revisit and kind of assess where they are in their minds about it so there was that and it was also like a little bit of guilt for me because i asked her specifically before we hooked up like yo are you getting friend vibes do you just want to be friends and she said oh yeah just friends is fine i said all right great and then i walk off and you know i'm chilling and then you know we end up in the situation that we ended up in where we hooked up and I felt guilty for not honoring that. And perhaps that was the issue. It was like, I can't listen to what you say. I have to respond to what you do. And the undercurrent of anything that people say is either going to be consistent or inconsistent with what their actions and their behaviors are. And yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't acknowledge the inconsistency and ask about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's more stuff, but I, I'm going to, you know, try and make my point and make this useful to anybody who's listening who might be in the dating world and struggling because, I mean, it is hard out here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Um, and I'm not a fan of dating apps anymore. Like while I was in South Africa, one of the things that I was doing was I was decluttering. Um, I was decluttering, deleting the sex videos I have in my phone, decluttering, uh, deleting the, so- the not the social media, the um, dating apps. I deleted my Twitter. My Twitter's where I watched all my porn. So <laughs> I deleted that. And yeah, just been like taking my time and just decluttering. And in that decluttering process, um, like it was like I got to lead her video or got to it and that was when she reached out to me it's like whoa this energy thing is real <laughs> and also in that uh and I'll tell this story in another episode but I had someone uh like reshoot her shot I didn't know she was shooting her shot in the first place but she kind of reshot her shot and um we ended up getting together as well and I'll talk about that that'll probably have to be next episode but um from this story like i i got to hang out with her and i i realized that clarity to me is much more important than closure you know and people might argue that clarity is closure but 
it doesn't feel like closure to me. And as stupid as this might sound, you know, regardless of how I feel, you know, I, I still there there's still like something there for me, hope wise. Um, and I, I, I'm not gonna sit up here and ignore it. Like, I ain't gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, I need to just move on. Like I, I, whatever, whatever, like I'm gonna be able to do different, do better, whatever. I don't know. But, um, as I sat there and just like talked to her, you know, it was like, damn, you know, this is still real. Like I'm drawn to and attracted to realness, you know, it doesn't help that she's pretty too, but um, the, the realness aspect of it is really like, what does it for me and how we can talk about our personal lives. And it doesn't like, there's no, ah, shut up. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, she shared with me what's going on with her and I ain't gonna like tell too much of her shit. But, um, another thing that sitting there and talking to this person made me realize is that, uh, I had a hard, I had to accept this and I didn't say this to her. Um, I don't think she listened to the podcast, but I had to accept I'll, I'm just not her best option. <laughs> like regardless of this leveling up I'm doing and, um, my finance is changing. I feel like I'm the most attractive physically I've ever been, uh, dress wise. Like eh, I can do better. I know. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't have a car. I don't make six figures. I I, I broke the six foot plane. Um, I might be six one. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I got like I got abs under this tummy. I just like to eat, but uh, physical attraction I can do that. And then uh, there there's some sixes that are like six feet. It's like uh, six foot, six figures, six pack, six inches, like all those things. Um, I ain't got six figures <laughs> yet, <laughs> at least. Uh, but it's very realistic. It's it's realistic. It's something that is on the horizon that I know uh, for myself. And by those standards, I will be what Red Pill community calls a high value man. Um, and I talked about this already. You know, it's not really about being high value to me anymore. It's more about knowing where your value is and being able to invest in that and expand that and express that, uh, in how you do things. And my value to the world has been through my emotional intelligence, my emotional awareness and my ability to communicate. These are things that I feel like is, that's where my value lies. But in the world that we live in, that has value to a very select, uh, group of people. And it's also really challenging to display that like I can dress well and demonstrate oh I got money I can be in a room and be tall oh I'm six feet tall and you know I think the last thing women really care about is like the size of your dick so like that's not even something I might run around like swinging my shit um but uh the money the height and then the oh the six pack like my shirt's off on my Instagram a lot and I'm gonna have to dial that back too because uh I am wanting to be seen more as like the thirst traps the shirtless stuff like that's for engagement that's to keep you know visibility and keep relevance to the people who do follow me that's not making me any money um what 
Will or what does is doing more of the professional stuff, the interviews with the healthcare providers. And I, I'm, I'm drifting. I'm switching back and forth. I'm sorry. Um, but in the red pill community, because I, I very much had a, a period where I was all into it and I was just like consuming it. And I even tried being that way. And that shit worked. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very surprised that shit worked. Like what was genuine for me and what I was able to connect with worked for me. Like I wasn't trying to fake how much money I had, but I recognized that um, when you display like masculinity is just attractive to femininity like that, that it is what it is. The whole um, me making myself available to like hear women talk about their like be women's friends. I like stopped doing that for probably a month. And in this month, like I saw the difference. So after that month, I didn't just go back to being the way that I was. And I didn't like continue to put the pedal to the floor with the masculinity shit. Um, but it was more of like an integration for myself of taking what I learned from that period. And I was just like, what is it? Like what? And it was something that just couldn't be explained. Um, but what I do know is that that was me being myself and like silencing myself at the same time. You know, everybody has masculinity and femininity in them, the energy at least. And I felt like I was shutting down my femininity and only displaying my masculinity. Like I didn't talk much. That was probably the biggest thing. Like I, I just didn't say much. I was a man of few words and I didn't ask questions during this time period and not asking questions. Surprising to me, like worked. Uh, there was this joke that I have with someone I was seeing for a while. She got so mad that this dude posted on social media. Uh, he posted women want to be led. And she was just like flipping the fuck out. And so that was like our ongoing joke for a while. However, <laughs> that was something that I learned, you know, like this, even with her, like I heard how she, uh, how she would engage with and talk to me and how she would engage with and talk to her. Uh, they were in an open relationship at the time, her boyfriend. I was like, Oh, you like, you don't like this. You're mad about it, but it, it's relevant. Right. So, um, I, I I didn't like that I was repressing a major part of myself, which was the ability to hold space and communicate and like see what's really going on with a person. Um, and maybe that was something that like helped the fact that I wasn't so overtly expressive and in my feminine energy of uh, of of emotional intelligence and feeling and everything. Maybe that helped. I don't know. But I can tell you this, like the relationships that I had and were having during that time and like even going out, like there was just something attractive about me when I shut that shit down. And like I said, I didn't like it. That's not me. I don't want to have to play that game. And that is unfortunately where like much of the dating game is, is with having to play that game. I'm someone who I love women and I love femininity and I was getting more femininity when I was shutting down mine. <laughs> it's so wild how there's just this whole undercurrent of things that are happening that you don't see, that you don't hear, that you don't talk about that are happening. But you just have to be aware of if you want to if you want to mate. 
been in South Africa, um, I went on a safari. And this is important because the safari guide was explaining to us how things work within these species of animal. And uh, for these particular antelope, he was talking, he was like, yeah, you know, in this species, the male, the males compete for the female, you know, the female just is there. And then the males like they got to go off, they got to exercise, they got to have a shiny coat, they got to make sure that they're the strongest, they got to sharpen their antlers, they got to demonstrate intelligence, and they have to beat out the best male in order to be able to reproduce. And it's like, damn, dude, so much of that is humanity. That's how humans are. Like, if I don't go off and become my best, I'm not going to get the woman. Like, no woman is just not going to no woman is going to want what isn't her best option. And I can't fault that for anyone because even for me, like I look for what my best option is. And I recognize that around me, there are options. There's a pool of people around me who could be the best option, but they're not my best option. And I know this because I'm not at my best and I'm not in a place where what my best option would be would be available to me. I mean, it's probably somebody around me right now who's just like waiting on me to come up. I will never know. And then just ready to fucking pounce when she know, oh, shit, you know, Courtney got a house. Courtney got a car now. Courtney dressing different. Courtney's nonprofit is publicly making this much money, which means he got to be making this much money. You know, there, there's all these factors there. But ultimately, between the animal kingdom and humans, like, yes, we're civil and we've got, you know, a way of communicating across different uh, races and cultures of our species. But ultimately, we're still just fucking humans. Like, we're, we're humans. We're all one species. But it's still the same. You know, we got to look our best. We got to be able to provide. We got to be able to protect. We got to be, we got to compete. And I, I, I hate that game. I hate the competition thing, but it's something that I can't opt out of. I can't just eat whatever I want, look however I want and do whatever I want when I want to do it. Like I have to continue to maintain a level of discipline and focus. And I also have to produce like I got to produce results otherwise I don't get to I don't get the long-term mating strategy uh that I would want and the again like the women women that I want the women that are desirable have options and want the best option for them and I I ain't I ain't I'm not that in this case with the person that I'm speaking of now um and it it took for me to just like sit listen put it all together uh between the relationship that you know she had got into or was in um when we had first had our moment and then even afterwards because that relationship ended and now there's another one and the way that she spoke about this relationship it was like oh yeah this this uh uh what's the word hypergamy it's like a hypergamy thing and I hate that I'm I gotta use or that I even can use um like the manosphere red pill stuff, but I mean it's applicable. And um I even have a dozen or two of other experiences where that's the case. Like even 
you know, it, it doesn't feel good to be an option that somebody settles for. So even for myself, like I, I was having this conversation with a friend um, about settling or about, um, you know, just like dating for convenience or hooking up for convenience and not being the best option like knowing that you're seeing someone who isn't your best option like that that doesn't feel good so why do that to other people if you know that you're not someone who likes that and so um that just just having this realization and being able to have this conversation yesterday like it made me feel good and she like called me out for unfollowing her and she <laughs> saw that I didn't have her number say and I mean that's just that's just what I what I needed that's what I needed to do and even now like I think um moving forward like I know okay we're not together because I'm not your best option um that's ah that's just something I gotta I gotta accept and you know regardless of me being hopeful or having hope for something it's like that it it just wouldn't it wouldn't work out and like other things that we've talked about as well like you gotta really listen to people when they are telling you things and when it matches what their behaviors are like behaviors and beliefs match in actions speaking louder than words so um the overall lesson that I learned there is that sometimes we're just not the best option and again dating with herpes is just like dating you know I made up the story in my head that herpes was the biggest thing out of this and maybe it was more of a it played more of a role than uh it needed to or then I wanted then I wanted to think that it does but ultimately you know you you got to recognize where you at in the dating pool and you got to swim there <laughs> um let me see where I'm at on time 45 minutes uh yeah I, I'll try and close this out before I go into uh the next thing that I want to talk about or the next uh, portion or segment of relationships. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to go through like each and every individual relationship. Uh, this was just, this is something prevalent because I was going to bed last night and I was thinking about it. Uh, like I had the house to myself and I ain't had nobody I can hit up. Like I'm all right. So I'm an attractive dude and Yes, I just got back from South Africa, but I know that <laughs> if I'm applying myself, that there there was a point where I had people I could call, but I, I don't have that anymore. And granted, my focus has shifted. Um, I do want um, like a relationship around me. I don't want I don't want more long distance relationships. I have relationships with people long distance. I don't want any more of that. Um, but I had the house to myself last night. I never get the house to myself last night. I could have been in here blowing backs out like loud and clear and not had the, cause even when I do have people over, I'm like, Oh, I got to keep it quiet. Like, uh, gotta be quiet. Like, let me be mindful of that. Or I got to play music or something. And I just had that moment too. I was like, Oh, why, why, why is this the case? And again, at 34, about to be 35 years old, like, why am I excited about having my house to myself? Why, why? 
<laughs> especially when I can't live alone now. So that uh, that was a moment that I had too. And so yeah, I passed out, woke up. Um, my sleep schedule's still off, so I woke up. It was 2 a.m. or something like that when I started recording this. But um, yeah, it, it was on my mind when I woke up this morning, and it it just hit me. It was like I'm not her best option, and I can't fault her for that because I would want to be with my best option. Um, and best is subjective, of course. You know, if someone that values like emotional awareness, intelligence, or for somebody to like see them, yeah, I'm probably your best option. And then for me, you know, valuing somebody who also like wants to put the effort into getting to know me or, you know, making that irrelevant and also, you know, matching my, my looks saying like, I, I only really got two standards for looks, <laughs> you know, thick eyebrows and a wide mouth like that, that to me, like those are my own beauty standards. Um, of course, like there's, you know, physical attractiveness and like fitness because these are things that are important to me. And then like, um, the, the whole thing about, um, like I'm drawn to and attracted to femininity, but I don't want to have to turn off my emotional availability and stuff in order to be with somebody or to attract somebody. And then I get them and say, ah, I got you, bitch. Now you got to deal with my emotional awareness and then I'm going to challenge you to be real and all of that. So, yeah, man, uh, one of my biggest difficulties, I guess, is just like proximity. And I don't know what it's going to look like moving back home, but being out here in Portland, you know, I've I, quantity of partners. There was no shortage of partners in Portland. There's just no shortage. There is a shortage, however, of the quality of partner that I want and like the availability of the kind of person that I would want to be with. And so, you know, having that mindset and attaching it to um, this particular person, uh, like that, I don't know if that might've come off in a off-putting way or a way that might've put pressure on too. But like I said, you know, it, it's the thing about, um, being the best option. So, uh, I don't plan on like going off and going, <laughs> going on this healing journey of becoming my best self for this person. It's just, it's a natural flow and a natural trajectory of me really just following the synchronicities that happen when I just go with my intuition. You know, I tell people, you know, lead with your intuition, trust yourself, trust your intuition. And I'm I'm doing that. And that's gotten me to this point. It's gotten me to where I am and it's going to continue to carry me uh, to where I want to be, where I want to go. And I think that that road is being the best option, you know, not just for a person, but for every fucking body, like I, I'm, I'm that nigga, <laughs> you know, like this is something that I'm really having to lean into and step into. Um, and I hope that this is something that inspires you like to see that I, as someone who is looked up to in this space of being somebody who has herpes, who's open about it and sharing my personal experiences. I hope that there's something in here that relates to you. I, I said I was trying to get rid of the word hope from my vocabulary. It, it's relevant. Like, fuck that. I'm, I, I got to stop trying to do things in such extreme ways because I'll do that all the time. It's like all or nothing. Go this way. 
pedal to the floor and there's no examination of the usefulness of, you know, maybe not going full speed. So, yeah, take what you have to take from this. Uh, I know mostly women listen to this podcast. So, you know, like for y'all, I would say the lesson is you got your best options are around you because you don't have to compete necessarily for a man i guess unless you know if you feel like your clock's ticking to have kids or have a family or um you know you have got your success and your business and dating's hard whatever but like more often than not you know your best male option if you date men is going to be somebody who's already around you um look just look you know, that's in the animal kingdom. That's all they got to do. They go from eating their grass to like, hmm, you know, I'm ready to have a family. Look around and they're going to see a male. Like, let me check him out. What he got going on? Oh, compared to him. Oh, compared to him. Who's the best one out of these three? And then they fight to the fucking death. And then the last man standing is the one you made with. Like, oh, he was strong. He killed all the other antelope. He could protect me. <laughs> and then for the guys, man, like looking at the animal kingdom like I, i've been very much drawn to these uh like animal videos and just seeing because there's so much to learn um buffalo buffalo is another example um one male will have all the females in the buffalo kingdom because he's the best option like these all these female buffalo will rather share this one buffalo because he is the best option so in the buffalo world in his field like his territory and he's protective of his territory you can't you can't be no 12 year old 13 year old buffalo coming in there he gonna run you off like hey hey you come up here no this is my house like these my females this my place i protect i that's what i do here and it's it's kind of the same fucking thing man like we ain't all that different from animals and when you take aside the politics and the religions and the governments and the the um the luxuries we're the same as animals from in the, from a standpoint of like reverting to our su- survival instincts like what does survival mean to you and then you're going to look for someone who alleviates you uh, as much as possible of what's necessary for survival so that you can enter like the thrival uh, world because like that's that's ultimately it you know if the females ain't got to worry about you know being eaten by predators then they get to just be the female like they get to just eat grass and do whatever female animals do and in this case of humanity you know if they don't have to if women don't have to worry about, okay, well, reproduction is a priority to me. So I got somebody I can mate with, cool. And also, like, I don't have to work or I can, I got a place to stay, cool. I can shop, I can sew, I can do whatever my hobbies are. Um, I can raise the kids and I don't have to worry about these things anymore or at all. Phew, that's it. So... Yeah, guys, we got all two of y'all who listen to the podcast. We got to be the best option, you know, objectively, not subjectively. Um, I'm the best option in the emotional intelligence category. Like, I, I'm I'm very confident in that. But that don't pay no bills. <laughs> that don't uh, that don't that don't ensure the safety and protection of a family or none of that shit. 
So um, I'm very grateful to this girl. I'm very grateful to this experience because, you know, we've not talked for more than a year and for her to have come back into my life with this hard lesson for me, um, it feels not shitty. It feels more motivating than it does anything else because I'm the kind of person who responds to this in that way. Like I'm, I used to be an athlete and I think that I repressed my competitiveness in order to survive and in order to navigate the world. But the reality is like, I'm a fucking competitor and the competition from football being with other teams or with the person lined up across from me, that's changed now. Like my competitiveness is now me versus me. It's now also me in the dating pool. And if I want to mate, if I want a family, like I got to be the best me, not just subjectively, but objectively. And this is, you know, you you want to think that it's just you versus you. But I mean, every day it's you versus you in order to be the best you to go out and compete. So. I'm motivated, motivated to bust my ass. I'm motivated to also, you know, have that. I I need, I need balance. Like I'm going to reach out to my friends and let them know, like, don't let me become a hermit and just work all the time because it is really about balance. And I do believe that on the trajectory of being my best, you know, objectively, like I can still have attract and be with the caliber and quality of people that, um, I deserve that are my best options, um, even if it's at that time, like because people still grow together and develop together. Who's to say like maybe there's a relationship for me or a relationship style for me that supports me in being objectively my best as I have that relationship and I'm not putting energy into finding that relationship. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know. We don't know. Uh, we get into that hour point, and I think that there was a lot of useful stuff here for people. If you apply it to your own life, if you apply it to your own dating life, um, and yeah, if if you got questions or feedback, like hit me up, like reach out to me. I like engaging about this. Like, oftentimes I'll record these podcast episodes, and they go out, and I might hear from somebody about it, and then the conversation that we have is always great. Like, I really love that back and forth, that feedback. And uh, to know that what I'm saying resonates with somebody because <laughs> I'm talking into the phone and it ain't nothing coming back. It's just all me and all my experiences. So thank you for taking the time to listen again. If you find value in this podcast, please consider making a donation because now I'm paying myself and <laughs> more than ever, I'm going to be doing more donation necessary stuff, fundraisers and things like that. So I can continue to provide this content and also continue to be my best option till next time. Nope. I said I was going to stop saying that. Damn. I really need a new tagline or slogan. If you got ideas for that, let me know. But right now, just be the best option.